Hello everyone and welcome uh, to the latest edition of our midweek podcast from Avila Presbyterian Church. Trust that you're all keeping well. Um, thank you uh, just for taking the time to listen to us on this podcast. Uh, through this next half hour, we take this time to come together in Jesus' name, recognising his many blessings in all that we do. Uh, uh, with this episode, uh, we are going to begin a new uh, series that we're looking at in our evening services at Mavilla as we journey through the Old Testament, as we see the, the big picture of what God is doing, showing us uh, the promises of Jesus coming into this world. As we do that, let me read these words. Familiar words from Psalm 91 as we begin. Psalm 91 verse 14 tells us, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him, and with long life I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. These words, we can have a real sense of confidence as we come before God, a God who speaks from his word, a God who shows us the fulfilment of his promises as we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us come to him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity this day to come before you, to know of your goodness and love to each one of us, to know of that joy it is to seek and to follow you in all that we may do. And so, Lord, we pray that as we take this time we pray that we may have that awareness of your Spirit guiding us and taking us to the things of you. Lord, help us know of what it means to rely on you through all that happens in our lives. For Lord, as we come before you, we recognise that we are people who look to try and do things ourselves. We look to make ourselves the saviours of our lives rather than giving them over to you. So Lord, we ask, help us take off uh, the control that we look to put in our lives and help us to give it to you, to seek you in all things, to seek out your blessings in all that we may face. Lord, we ask these things now in the gracious and the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Well, in a moment or two, we're going to have our scripture reading, uh, looking at Genesis chapter 15. But just before that, we're going to listen to our first item of praise entitled, By Faith.
your Bibles to be uh, turned to Genesis chapter 15. We'll read uh, the first seven verses. So these are the, uh, this is the start of our new series in the Old Testament, journeying through the Old Testament. Uh, so starting in Genesis, obviously, and uh, Robert will share with us later on uh, some from this. So Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. Let us hear God's word. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. 
Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, please um, open your Bibles uh, to God's reading to us in Genesis 15. Over uh, these next months, we're going to take a little journey together in our evening services through the Old Testament because we recognize that the Bible is God's story to us. He has a message for each of us to hear. And through uh, these next months, we're going to take that journey through the first part of the Bible to recognize what God is doing in the build-up to the coming of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's come to God now in prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the opportunity to gather this evening in the name of Jesus, to recognize, Lord, that you are the one who continues to guide and direct us in our lives, and that through your word, we may know what it means to have the richest treasures that we could ever possess in this world, that we may have eternal life in Jesus' name, that we may have that relationship with you, the God of all creation. And so we come before you this evening, asking for that awareness, Lord, of what you are saying to us. Lord, we give you thanks in Jesus' loving name. Amen. So, this evening as we begin, we're probably starting a very familiar ground. For those who have been coming to Mavilla over the last number of years, we took a, a series in my first year at Mavilla through the book of Genesis, and we're starting in Genesis 15, uh, looking at the, per, the person of Abraham and how God interacted with him. And as we do that, there's two main things that are focused on here. Two things that God continues to promise to the person of Abraham, and they are the land and also a seed as well. Two main things that not just continue with Abraham, but go through the whole book of Genesis. Just think for a moment, right at the very start of the book of Genesis is a garden of Eden. The, the perfect place where God dwells with his creation. And then through the rebellion of humans, we recognize how they're banished from that perfect place in the Garden of Eden. And how they roam the land, they look for a land for themselves. And it's no coincidence, as the person of Abraham comes uh, to know the living God, one of those promises that God gives to him is a land for him and his descendants. 
It will become clear and clear as we go through the Old Testament books how this land becomes something uh, that we continue uh, to see. But also, we recognize the story of Abraham and his wife Sarah, who they are in their old age, yet still do not have any children. But even before this passage, we see how God promises them a descendant, a seed who will come from them. And again, it's a thing that will run through the whole book of Genesis. We see right back at the start of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3, as the humans rebel against God, we see the curse that is brought down a man and woman, but also Satan. And here the words of God, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. There is an offspring that will come from the woman who will defeat Satan once and for all. And those two main themes continue through the Old Testament. There are two things that God continues to promise, and we see how they take shape in this very first meeting of Genesis, or the very first time we look in this passage at Genesis 15, as God interacts with Abraham. We look here before this passage that the promise of the land has been building up to this passage. And also, just look with me at the last verse there that Wallace read out to us earlier in verse 8. Or sorry, in verse 7. I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. Here we see that promise again uh, re-edified to Abraham. It's something that will uh, be continually be brought through. And here we see right at the start of this passage how Abraham uh, looks uh, to speak to God in verse 2. Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus? We see here that these promises have not been fulfilled. But this meeting with Abraham continues uh, to encourage him to continue with God, to know that this God will not disappoint him. This God will continue uh, to uh, show him what he is doing. Especially as we see that the pressure is building up Time does not stop for Abraham and Sarah. Uh, and the promise of an offspring is something uh, that continues for many more years before uh, their son Isaac is born. And so what does God do with Abraham at this stage? What we might do to teach a young child about what we're trying to teach him God gives Abraham a visual aid. He uses his creation as he asked him to look up to the starry sky. 
It served as a visible word to Abraham, a focus of the promise. It's showing him that God is someone who is off, uh, the creator of this world that will not disappoint him. And Abraham did not receive what he wanted. It wasn't instantaneously given to him. But he merely had God reinstate his word to him again. Do you know, as we read this passage this evening, it highlights a tension between doubts and fears of the servant of God and also having faith in the ultimate purposes of God. It establishes that there is a relationship with Abraham and his descendants and it's based on the oath sworn by God. And in light of this, it is not surprising that the subject chosen for this first dialogue between God and Abraham is one of considerable importance for the development of the story. For the subject in question is of a covenant and the seed or lines of descendant. That covenant, a promise that has been given, a relationship that has been started between Abraham and God. And this is a part of Abraham's life that he is remembered for. For Abraham's response to God's opening words of assurance is to ignore any fears that he may have and to plead with God for a child. Before this, we've seen that as Abraham left and he was in Egypt, fear had distracted his behavior. But now even fear cannot distract him from the disappointment that in spite of all the wonderful promises that he had received about becoming a great nation, he recognized that he has even one child to whom he can pass on his inheritance. So verse 6 concludes the dialogue with an affirmation of Abraham's faith. As he is given uh, this visual lesson by God, he has that acceptance uh, of him. Abraham's faith that the promise of descendants will be fulfilled is credited to him as righteousness. Looking at Abraham's life, he had left Ur to find a country that God had promised him without knowing its name. And now he believes that the promise about descendants from a human standpoint is left in God's hands. Abraham's faith is not linked to particular acts that he performs, but to faith in a God he has come to know. His faith is credited to him as righteousness. Genesis makes clear a distinction between those who take what God says seriously and those who disobey him. Thinking back again right to the start of our Bibles, Eve and Adam believed the serpent rather than God. And their unbelief resulted in their expulsion from the privileged land of Eden. 
It led to the death of their son, Abel. And now Abraham shows that he can believe God, even in difficult circumstances. And it leads to further assurances that although Abraham lost the benefits, uh, uh, lost the benefits of living in communion with God through unbelief, Abraham will receive these benefits through faith. It's confirmed, as you would read on this chapter, in uh, chapter 15, with this process of God uh, confirming this promise. God uh, here shows that it is a covenantal ritual that resembles uh, an oath that is taken between God and his servant Abraham. Here we see this picture um, of a covenant that is brought forth through a sacrifice and through the presence of God in the, the place of fire. God's covenant with Abraham fits a royal grant type of covenant where a master promises benefits to a servant and secures them by oath. And this covenant is normally given to a servant in response to loyalty to his master. In the case of Abraham, God takes the initiative and calls Abraham to leave his family and country and go to the land that God will show him. God confirms the covenant promises to Abraham of land and offspring by taking upon himself the responsibility to fulfill the promises. The smoking firepot and the flaming torch symbolize the presence of God as they pass between the animals. This means that he takes it upon himself to ensure that the promises will be fulfilled. Even when it seems impossible to our own eyes, even when it seems so improbable in the world that we live in. When God promises, it will come to forth. When it is dark, fire moves among the carcasses, and it resembles the presence of God, and is reminiscent of what we'll see further on in the Old Testament, the burning bush. It's a setting for the covenant between God and his servant Abraham. And the significance of this passage lies first in the fact of the promise of the land now made by God under oath, and second in the clear display of divine authority. He is the same God who brought a deep sleep on Adam He's now at work in relation to Abraham and the land of Canaan and the present and future inhabitants of that land. God swears an oath to keep the promises of the covenant and places himself under the possibility of covenant curse if he does not keep them. God allows himself to be bound by this covenant obligation to show that he is serious about keeping these promises. And we know, don't we, that as we look to the New Testament, 
that God did take upon himself a covenant curse, not because he had failed to keep a covenant promise to Abraham, but because the descendants of Abraham failed to keep the covenant. So God, in the person of Jesus Christ, took upon himself the curse of the covenant that should have fallen on all those who are covenant breakers. For us as human beings, we recognize that we never measure up to the standards of God. We are in need of someone who can stand in our place. And as we go through the story of Abraham's life, and also as we explore the rest of the Old Testament, we see a God who is faithful. God who is faithful to Abraham and to his offspring, who brings him into the land of Canaan, who continues to work through this line, the line of Abraham, and who brings his son into this world so that those who put their trust in him will know an everlasting life in his name. Do you know, as we see this ceremony of a covenant making in chapter 15, we recognize that there is only one character taking part. In the taking on the promises, there is only one who can possibly fulfill them. God fulfills his promise to Abraham and to his family. The great news of our, the Bible is that we have the one who took on the things that we could not. The Lord Jesus, he came into this world to take upon himself the curses due to the fallen creation. He took upon himself the debt of the sins of the world in order that those who believe in him may be made right with God. Abraham's only act in this chapter is belief. That is what God required of him, to believe what God said he would do would actually happen. And through this, Abraham is made right in God's eyes. As we think this morning of this passage and of what God is calling of us, the first steps is belief, belief in what his son has done for us, recognizing our need for a savior in our lives and taking those steps to trust in the one who stood in our place to make us right with God. As we go through this journey in the Old Testament, we will always come to Jesus we will always recognize that he is working even in this early stage of the Bible story so that we may see his glory and his power and our need of him. Let's come to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. As we take this time to journey through your word, Help us understand your glory and power. 
refreshing us that joy of the salvation that is found in Jesus' name. And Lord, help us learn again. Help us see Jesus, Lord, in what you are doing. And to know that through him, we have that greatest promise that will ever be given to us in our earthly lives. Salvation in his great and mighty name. Lord, we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.
that last item of praise, the well-known hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. As we come to the end of our podcast, we want to take some time now in prayer for others. As we think of the many things happening in our world, as we recognise many who are in need, our first port of call always to come before our loving Heavenly Father to seek him through all things. Let us come before him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in these uncertain days, recognising that you are the one who looks to guide and direct your people. You are the one where true and everlasting peace is found. And Lord, you are is where real stability and security is found in life. And so, Lord, we bring before you our world at this time. We pray, Lord, for those continuing to be caught up in conflict. We pray for those, Lord, who have found themselves to be refugees in this world, uh, taken from their homes and seeking uh, a place where they may find protection and hope. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that they may know of your hand of blessing upon them, that they may know those promises in Jesus are theirs to take hold of, and that they may know, Lord, of the hospitality of your people in all they do. Lord, we pray for our leaders through these days. In all, Lord, uh, that we do, we look to others for guidance and help. But Lord, through you, we may know the ultimate sense of guidance, the ultimate uh, opportunity to rely on uh, goodness and love in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray for our leaders in these days that they may seek you, that they may follow you in all that they may do. Help us, Lord not to be quick to judge, not, Lord, uh, to seek to put others down when it is not needed. But help us, Lord, to continue to seek and to follow your ways, to encourage one another, to call out um, evil when it is done, but also, Lord, to promote the things of you Lord, we pray for those who we know are in need in these days. We pray for those who continue to battle ill health, asking, Lord, that they may know of your hand upon them in all that they may do. Help them know, Lord, of you, Lord, as that guide that they can rely on. And Lord, as they come before you in prayer, help them know of your goodness and love in all that they may do. Lord, we also want to bring before you those who feel uh, their future is filled with so much uncertainty. Help them, Lord, to understand the ways of you, to understand of what it means to trust in you with all uh, that they may face, recognising that you're the one who will help 
and guide them in all that they may do. Lord, we bring all these things before you, knowing that you are the God who graciously and lovingly uh, looks uh, to speak to us in your word, to help us, to encourage us in ways of you. And Lord, even uh, when our strength feels like it's gone, when our physical bodies, Lord, aren't able to do the things that they once did, we may look to you and know that you continue to strengthen us in our faith of you. Help us know this, Lord, through all that we may face. And Lord, we ask all these things now in the gracious and in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, and let us uh, finish just with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us this day and forevermore. Amen.